0: Hey, Vision fam, welcome to the Vision Podcast. We are so excited that you are listening in with us today. Last Sunday was really, really special. Uh, God was just doing incredible and special things, just tuning our hearts to fix our eyes on him more intensely. Worship was amazing. And then Pastor Phil got up and shared an incredible word, speaking on honor, How it is so important that we not only honor the people around us, but we need to, more than that, honor God above all else. Honor Him in our worship and our praise. Worship Him. Honor Him in the lives that we live. And so it was an amazing word. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged And we really felt that it was a convicting word for our house and just what God is doing at vision. And so we hope that it would carry over into your life and show you to love Jesus and honor him and not just try and incorporate him into your daily lives. Jesus is everything. We love you. Listen intently and enjoy.
1: because I've got to share something that's burning in my heart this morning. If you can't tell, I'm pretty wound up already. So would you take your Bibles? And I'd like you to turn over to the book of Acts, Acts chapter seven. When people look for completeness in something other than God, like people, relationships, spouses, Um, career, hobbies, whatever it is, if we're out somewhere else and we're looking for completeness in those things, then we're missing what our identity is. Because the only place that we can find completeness is Him. God is the only place that we become whole people. W-H-O-L-E, whole, complete shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That's, that's what our life looks like in Christ. And so it doesn't matter when, how broken your life was, that when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, when you begin to follow him, your life is now complete. Everything in your past is erased. I could hold a week old baby up here and that baby would have more of a past than you would. Because you've been made clean, complete, in him. And so we're complete in him. And so I, I have a concern though this morning because I'm wondering if we've become spiritual hoarders. You ever seen that show Hoarders? Or, I've never seen the show, but I've watched videos on YouTube and I've seen their rooms and I've been like, dear God, wow. One lady found a dead cat that had been in there for however long, you know, it's like all this stuff piled on top of each other. And I wonder sometimes if we've been spiritual hoarders, meaning that our heart has become so cluttered that there's not room for God to come in. And so I have a goal this morning that I want to accomplish. And what I want to accomplish this morning, and what I'm feeling in my heart that's burning in me is that I want to help you declutter your life, your heart. That's my goal is for all of us to declutter stuff that we've allowed in, stuff that we've allowed to become a priority, stuff that we've allowed, you know, to begin to rule a part of our life. And we need to declutter that so that God, his presence can manifest in here. And I want to give you a scripture on that. In Luke chapter three, verse four, it says, prepare the way of the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled. The mountains and the hills will be made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. And then all people will see the salvation of God. So there's some preparation for us in order to clear the road so that God's presence can come in to us and flow through us. We don't want anything. We want to be that pipe that is cleared. I don't know why, but when we moved into our new house, I brought the dryer in, I hooked it up, you know, I put the little hose in there, connected it, the vent hose, and, but our, our clothes wouldn't dry. We had to dry them two and three times. And I thought, man, something is going on. And when I walked outside of the house where that vent hose comes out of the house, I looked down and there was all this lint sticking out of those little flaps that open. And I went, uh-oh. And I opened those flaps and the dryer, Nicole kicked the dryer on just as I opened those flaps. And, and I had my face down there and here comes this wad of stuff just all over me. And, but then I looked up in there and I started reaching my hand up in there and grabbing more stuff out, and then I got, you know, got, I'm, I, got creative and made a little pole and put some stuff on the end of it so that I could clean that out, and it blew out, and a miracle happened. Our clothes started drying in one run. It was amazing. It was like the heavens parted, you know. And that's what happens though when we become that dryer vent that's clean. It's clear why God's presence. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So let me get into a couple of things and then I want to talk to you from my heart. Okay. So <clears throat> identity, we, we use the word identity a lot. Identity simply answers the question, who am I? Right? So when you're born again, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the Lord of your life, okay, not just praying a and I'm saved now, got my ticket to heaven. No, when you begin to live for him and you make that decision, you come to that decision point, then what that is, is that's identity realized. But then when you allow God to come in your heart and transform you from the inside out, that is identity revealed. That is you making yourself known. God making himself known through you. You're making yourself known, your true identity. And so have you found Acts chapter seven? Hopefully you have by now. Acts chapter seven, I want to I read to you. Now this is, I want to set this up. This is Stephen who has begun to speak to the religious leaders and the council and bring his defense because they have brought him before the council because he's preaching. He's converting people. He's doing what Pastor Joseph is in India, and so he gets brought before the council, and he preaches a message to the council. And the interesting thing about this message is this is probably one of the greatest messages given by an apostle. It would be up there with any message that Paul would give, any message that Peter would give Stephen. So Stephen talks, he mentions this in his defense. In verse 9, he says, the patriarchs, now who he's talking about is Jacob's sons on Leah's side. So he says, the patriarchs became envious, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt but God was with him and delivered him out of all of his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now a famine was, a famine and great trouble came over all the land of Egypt and Canaan, and our fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our fathers, Jacob's sons, And the second time Joseph was made known to his brothers and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. Now I've read this many times and, but what stood out to me was that Joseph made himself known. The brothers came one time, they left. They didn't know who he was. They came back and they left again and still didn't know who he was until he sent his servant to go get him. And he brought him back. And when he brought him back that time, then Joseph made himself known to them. Phil, why are you bringing this up? Because it's time for us as the body of Christ to make our true identity known. That's what Joseph was doing. He's making his true identity known. Known. And I'm not talking about because we're real good at making ourselves known to the people that already know us, the other Christians in our life. But we haven't been very good at making ourselves known to the world. Who we are, who we truly are. And why is this important? Well, the answer to that is in Romans chapter 8. Verse 19 says this For all creation is waiting eagerly. For that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Let me put that in terms for this church. Is that the sons and daughters that I see that are out here in the audience, you need to reveal who you are. All right. That word revealing, I looked it up, and it means this. It means allowing a look at or an understanding of something inner or hidden. That's the merriam webster Collegiate District, or Dictionary, sorry, not district. Dictionary, 11th edition. Okay. So, (laughs) got that out. That was kind of a long title. But here's what's going on. I see so many Christians that are being undercover Christians. Secret agents. Well, you know, my, my, my relationship with God is a personal thing. No, it's not. It's public. Right. It's a public thing. Yeah. right? Before I, before I answer that, let me say this. There, so many people are coming out of the closet, right? They have this thing that they've been hiding. They haven't wanted to tell anybody. And so they're coming out. Of the closet, but what I'm finding is is everybody's coming out of the closet except the Christians. They're still in there, hiding out. Well, Phil, you don't understand. I'm just trying to be sensitive because I have a relative. You know, they came out of the closet. My my sister came out of the closet. My brother came out of the closet. And so my question to them is, well, what are you doing? Are you, be, are you, and you're being sensitive to them, are you being sensitive to the Holy Spirit that's inside of you? Because isn't it, doesn't God, hasn't God put truth inside of you? And when truth is communicated in love, I did tell you guys I loved you this morning, right? Because so you don't, you're not looking at me right now thinking I'm upset or anything. I'm, I know I may be intense, but I'm really passionate this morning about this, <laughs> But if the truth is communicated in love, it's the truth that will make them free. And so if we're still in the closet and they're out of the closet, how are we gonna find truth that is going to set them free? William. All right, now let me go back and answer that other question about your relationship with Jesus. Uh, I feel I believe it's a private thing. Well, let me read a scripture to you that says differently. This is Jesus talking, by the way. It's all in red. It's in Matthew chapter 5, if you want to follow along. In verse 14, Jesus said this. He said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see the good works, your good works, and may glorify your Father. So say this out loud. I'm a light. So you can't hide in the closet. Light was meant to be put on a lampstand so that it illuminates everything within its reach. And here's the interesting thing about light. Here's why people don't like light is it shows what's really there. I, I, I was introduced to a pastor, I remember we were in Delaware, I was thinking about this. Uh, your friend, Mr. Houston, Richard Houston, I remember, he took me to the, he was taking me to all these different churches. He introduced me to this pastor. And this pastor, he had a really cool church because I've always thought it's a great thing when they take a, a building that used to be a club, a nightclub, and turn it into a church. I think that's an awesome thing, a cool thing. And anyway, and so he had taken this nightclub and he turned it into a church and he was telling me about how, when they were refurbishing the building, he said, when we walked in here, you know, the only thing that we ever saw, they, the only lights they would ever turn on were those big, those production lights, the lights that are blinking, you know, and, and, and it keeps the mood dark. He said, but an amazing thing happened when we turned on the fluorescent lights He goes, oh, this place is filthy. It revealed all the yuck, all the muck, all the disgusting stuff. And that's what happens when you become the light of the world. It shines light on other people. Why is it that people got around Jesus? Why is it when Lazarus saw Jesus, he he said, Lord, Jesus said, come down, Lazarus, because I'm going to your house today. He didn't say a single word to Lazarus. And what did Lazarus do? He said, Lord, if I've stolen anything from anybody, I'm going to give it back four times. And today I'm giving half of what I have and giving it to the poor. Zacchaeus. What did I say? Lazarus. 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 Uh, Yeah, that was Zacchaeus. I'm sorry. Thank you. This is this is us this is me this is real me so I'm not trying to hide it up here you know what my wife and I do sometimes when we're walking through the mall or we're walking out in a public place we hold hands and when we hold hands oftentimes we'll lock fingers you know interlock fingers you know and I remember when I was in high school that was the boyfriend girlfriend that were really together they were the ones that interlocked fingers you know they were serious very serious and, and, and so my wife and I are very serious so when we interlock fingers sometimes I feel like people are looking at us going they must have just got married you know what I mean even though we've been married 29 I don't know it's just a thing you know you have thoughts coming up but, but we interlock fingers and why because other people know we're a thing we're a thing and we're a big thing <laughs> So, are we interlocking fingers with our, with Jesus? Do people know that we're a thing? Oh, yeah. All right. Because people can tell when you've been with Jesus. Over in Acts chapter four, in verse 13, Peter And John had had had, God had used them to perform an amazing miracle. The man that had said, the beggar that had sat at the gate beautiful for all these years and everybody knew him, Peter said, I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold to give you. But what I have is this in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And that man leapt to his feet. He was walking completely healed, made whole. And so all of the council, this, you know, all, all the religious leaders, they bring them in before the council and they're looking for some way to correct them. But listen what it says in verse 13. It says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that they were ordinary men and with no special training in the scripture But they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. (sighs) So, that brings me to another topic within the topic that I'm talking about. And it's in relationship to our church. Because this is something that God has just been convicting me over. Um, is do I reflect him individually but do we as a church reflect him do we honor him I mean do we as Vision church honor him because if you're here we consider you a part of the family you can make it official and you can go to vision plus or we'll send it to you and you can make it official but you're here we consider you a part of our family and vision plus is a big deal okay i'm sorry i don't mean to downplay that but (laughs) if i did (laughs) but (sighs) here's here's what i mean because honor i want you to remember that word for a moment that's that's a huge huge word back in the back in the days of the israelites when the judges ruled remember there were all the different judges that ruled the land And there were people like Samson, people like Gideon, all these people that God used. And so, but there was a day and a time when the word of God was non-existent. And at that time, Eli was high priest. Now, this was before Samuel. This is right about the time Samuel, Hannah had Samuel. And then she brought him and presented him to the Lord. But Eli was a good man, but he had these two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And these two sons were were doing terrible things. They were stealing from the children of Israel when they would bring their sacrifices. They would would steal from them. The the women, the young ladies that were coming to serve in the temple, they were sleeping with them. These guys are married. So they're committing adultery. So all this stuff is going on. And Eli, Eli has a talk with them. And the talk is kind of like this. Don't do that. Why are you guys doing that? Come on guys, you know better. And that was basically the correction that they received. Well, because he didn't remove them, because he didn't correct them the way they needed to be corrected, there was a, there was a prophet that comes, a man of God that comes and he warns Eli. And he says this to him. He said a lot of other things. You can go back and read it in First Samuel chapter two. But I wanna focus on one thing that he said. He said, those who honor me, I will honor. This is God talking through this man of God to Eli. Those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Honor comes when honor is given. And honor means this. It refers to the public acknowledgement of a person's worth. So so, I, so let me let me kind of paint a picture. Let's say that Jesus manifests in the physical and he walked right down this aisle. Let's say you could see the nail scars in his hands, in his feet. He walked right down, he's glowing. What would be your physical posture, do you think? I think we would stand. For sure. I think many of us would bow and drop to our knees and say, Oh God. Oh God. I think we would clap. What do we do when we honor somebody that has done something worth honoring? Let's say they're gonna receive a purple heart and they're a veteran and they they paid for our freedom with an extreme price and they bring them to the platform. What do we do as a church? What do we do as an audience? We stand up. We give them a standing ovation. Why? Because that's how we honor them. And so, you know, sometimes we get into worship and, and, I liked it when I was on the front row because I worship and my back is to you. I couldn't see everybody. But since I've been filling in on the drums, I don't like it as much because I couldn't see what was happening behind me. And you could say, Phil, this is, this is tough. you know. I, listen, I, I was spiritually spanked this last week, okay? So, so, and, and it was all on this right here. I went um, Saturday, uh, my wife and I went out to Cassville, Missouri, and we were, we were at Sharon's, Sharon's mother had gone home to be with the Lord, so we went to the funeral, and, and her and Roddy and Spencer are there, and, and I'm watching all, everything that's happening in the funeral, and it was such an honoring service. It was so honoring. Just all, all the statements. Think about, think about Ryan's service as well and all, all, the, all the honor that took place. And these are people that have done something worth honoring. You know, that have lived. And we honor them. We honor the life that they lived. And we honor the fact that they're home. But what about Jesus. God said this in the book of Malachi. He said, "He said, where is my honor? He said, this generation honors me with their lips, but, but their hearts are far from me. Well, Phil, I mean, that's fine for all you charismatic, all you Pentecostals out there. That's fine. You guys can worship. I mean, I don't really get, you know, the hands in the air. Well, okay, it's not very hard to understand. Somebody points a gun at you. This is the international symbol for I surrender. Or it could be the fact that you have bloody knees and you're going like this to God, pick me up. Pick me up. I need my dad. Why do we bow? Well, my Bible says that in the name of Jesus, every knee will Bow. And every tongue will confess, Jesus is Lord. Well, why do we clap? I just told you, we we honor God. But I think think some of this um, celebrity uh, going to shows has trained us to watch. And then when it's over, (laughs) great job, great job. Yeah, but this is worship. This is participating. Well, Phil, you know, you grew up in a charismatic church. I did. I did. I'm happy to say I grew up in a charismatic church. And uh, I married a Pentecostal, which made it worse. (laughs) I mean, it did. Then we really got on fire. And now we're bugging you guys over it. Well, Phil, I'm not a charismatic. Oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. What do you mean I'm wrong? Well, somebody cuts you off in traffic and suddenly you have a charismatic service in your car. You get charismatic. You watch your favorite team in the clutch game and they have to score. All tips are down and woo! I'm not showing anything, am I? Woo! There they are. Yes! Yes! You're high fiving my my brother in law. My brother in law played for Arkansas years ago. You can look him up. His name is Dennis Dunkelgod. Maybe someday he'll come to service and I can introduce him to y'all. But anyway, he, he gave us tickets. They have they have these seats and it's and it's you know in this right behind the uh, visiting team. So you're like on the fifth row, you know. And and so he let us go. <clears throat> and so Zach and I went, and it rained the entire game I mean the entire game it just it let up when I ate my Chick-fil-A sandwich it stopped I said oh thank God and then as soon as I wadded up the wrapper I went why do going we get that wrapper back out you know it didn't help but anyway but but they were playing Old Miss and they scored this is They scored, and when they scored the touchdown, three different people in front of me turned around. Woo! Woo! Man, sorry, that was loud. Woo! You know, and they're smacking, you know, they're giving me five, and we don't even know each other. We're having a Pentecostal service up in there, at the football game. Yeah, Phil, I i don't know if I agree with you well look, let me read this to you, and maybe this will maybe this will make it different I'm going to ask the worship team to come back <clears throat> um, mark chapter six turn over to mark chapter six let's uh, let's I'm asking you to digest this with me okay and don't take my word for it but Take Jesus' word for it. He's kind of hard for me to argue with. I've never won an argument with Jesus. He's always right. So Mark chapter 6, look at verse 1. Jesus, this is Jesus it's talking about, says, then Jesus went out from there and he came to his own country. And his own and his disciples followed him, and when it, when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, "Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended." at him. So why are they offended? Because suddenly something has been revealed in him that they couldn't see all along. And this is Jesus' hometown. Listen to what Jesus said in verse 4. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor. Except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now, pay attention to these next few words. Now, he could do no mighty work there. Why? No honor. No honor. We really underestimate the power of honor. It's not something really that's taught a lot. You know, there used to be etiquette taught, used to be in schools. Honor. Honor. How do we honor the king? We honor him in our worship. Little do we know that when we honor him, it's inviting him and all that he brings right here. And so... Again, I, I have to say this to you. I'm telling you this because I love you. I love you. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to, to get you to convert from one doctrine to another. Because I, we show love to those that we're in love with. What if I didn't show love to my wife? That marriage is headed for a demise. So my heart just got convicted, you know, in thinking about it. And, and you know, I look at Zach and, and the worship team, and I just think, man, you guys do an amazing job. I mean, they get up here and they bring it. If you could see the preparation that they go through during the week, if you could see the the dialogue that happens in texts between one another and the excitement and the desire to see God move in your life, could it be, could it be the reason that we're not seeing some of the miracles that we're seeing and we're not seeing some of the breakthroughs that we're seeing because it could be a lack of honor? When I went to the meeting, uh, Rodney Howard Brown, some of you were there. Um, it was at a church across town and I had to park down the street because they didn't have enough parking. And so it was just a couple blocks away. It was in a Walmart parking lot area or a, like an office, not, not their actual store. But. And so I parked, in, I parked there and it's only two blocks. And yeah, it's 90 degrees out, but yeah, man, I'll walk. And so I'm, I start walking and this guy picks me up or he stops in his, you know, in his SUV and he says, sir, would you like a ride? He said, I'm, I'm taking people down there. I said, well, sure. I mean, you know, and so I jump in with him and he said, I just don't want you to start sweating between here and, you know, and and down there. And he had no idea that we were going to sweat the rest of the entire night, but it's neither here nor there, but, but, and I thought, I said to him, I said, well, sir, if if Africans can walk 17 miles to get to a meeting, I can walk two blocks and sweat, okay? And he, and he said, I walked 40 miles to a meeting one time. I said, wait a minute, where are you from? He said, I'm from Guatemala. I said, oh God. I almost said, stop the car, and let me walk. Because I don't, I don't understand honor. I don't deserve to be in the car with you. You, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? And so, so here, how can we honor, how can we begin to honor God? Well, there's several different ways. And it can go way beyond this in your personal life. In your personal life, you can figure that out. How, how to honor God more. But here as a church family, I don't know if we haven't really announced it, but Sunday mornings from 9 to 9.30, right here in this room, we have prayer. We have people that are walking through the aisles that are praying because we want to see a move of God. We want to see breakthrough in people's lives. We want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. And so we just come here and we pray from 9 to 9.30. Um, Also, Monday nights, we have a thing called soak from 630 until eight. You don't have to stay the entire time. You can come for 30 minutes. You can come for the entire time. You can come for an hour. You can come for 15 minutes, whatever you have. But the point is this, is that we have a place to be able to come and to be able to press in to his presence and honor him. The next way, and I'm asking you as a church, is when we're having worship, when we're When we're doing praise and we're singing and we're worshiping, let's participate. Now, I understand if if you're over a certain age and you have a physical limitation that prevents you from standing. But I will say this. Don't let it be your excuse. Because you can use it as an excuse. And guess what? That thing will get worse because you're speaking it into existence. You're helping it. Right, I don't expect Tommy to stand, but I'm believing God for the healing in his life and in his body. Because yeah. God's got a plan for, for you, Tommy. He does, man. Yes, yes,
0: yes.
1: And, and I'm not looking at Tommy to stand, but I am expecting us as a family to honor him. Now, don't even think this next week, okay? Don't even think that I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, eyeballing out here Hey, are they standing? They stand? Uh-uh. That's not me, okay? I'm speaking directly from the Spirit of God inside of me. I'm not, I'm not trying to condemn you. I am giving, that, giving the Holy Spirit an outlet to convict. And, and if He convicts, that's between you and Him, okay? I'm not in that mix. What I did was I communicated what He put on my heart to communicate,
0: Thanks for listening to the Vision Church podcast. Hey, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and follow up with our messages from week to week at visionnwa.com forward slash messages. And if you would like to support this ministry financially with what God is doing here in Northwest Arkansas and around the world, be sure to support us online at visionnwa.com forward slash give.